faithwire.com. Russia admits to taking heavy casualties, but there is a long way to go in this war before there should be any celebration on the Ukrainian side. Today is Thursday, March 3rd, 2022. I'm Dan Andros. We'll have that top story and more on today's 4 and 3 podcast from CBN's Faith, where you can find us on uh, iTunes and all the places you get your podcast. Go ahead and download it, subscribe, all those other fun things that you're supposed to do to make sure you see your podcast every day. Uh, we'd love to have you with us. With me, as always, Tregons Phillips, Billy Hallowell from CBN's FaithWire.com. What's going on, guys? Happy Thursday. We're there. One more day. Yeah. Yes. Friday Junior. Friday Junior, as the digital gods uh, eat Trey's feed there. You kind of garbled up there for a second, Trey. So I believe oh, you said... back? There you are. I believe you said Friday Junior. Is that correct? Yes. yes. I did say Friday Junior. Okay. So... All right, um, I'm going to be talking about uh, Greg Gutfeld. So his mother-in-law, he just revealed this on air, uh, is actually trapped in Lviv. Mm. Uh, and Fox News reporters who are on the ground there have been looking out for her. So we'll talk about that story. We're also going to be talking about a hero. This is just an amazing story about a guy who woke up in the morning and prayed that God would give him a chance to help other people. And not that long after, he was chasing down an alleged kidnapper. Wow. Looking forward, to, looking forward to the details on those. Uh, we're going to start here with the latest uh, on the war in Ukraine with Russia and Ukraine, Russia invading, of course. The United Nations, uh, they voted in an emergency session this week, 141 to 5, to condemn Russia and demand that it ends its war in Ukraine. How far that goes, we'll see. The UN typically with its uh, verbal warnings doesn't always immediately get nations to just back on down, but... Nevertheless, the gesture is noted. Russia uh, has shut down media critics, meanwhile. Authorities there blocked two of their uh, Russian media outlets over critical coverage of uh, the invasion of Ukraine. Um, meanwhile, Ukraine is accusing Russia of terror, terror uh, saying that they are using, quote, criminal tactics of long-range shelling of peaceful cities. That was according to Ukraine's defense minister, about 650,000 people at least have fled uh, as Russia has invaded. Uh, but some Ukrainians now, there are stories of lots of them who are going the other way and traveling home to join the fight. So Ukrainians abroad and in neighboring countries are coming back in order to join and help defend their homeland. Now, interesting admission here from Russia as well. They admit heavy casualties. And that, that is interesting, you know, coming from Russia as they're in the midst of this inva invasion and there's, um, you know, mis misinformation campaigns going on all over the place. So interesting that, that they would put that number out there, um, but they have acknowledged, this is the from the Russian de Defense Ministry, about f close to 500 Russian troops have been killed and 1,600 injured in, in what they're calling, quote, special military operations in Ukraine. That's how they're labeling the invasion. This comes shortly after the head of the Russian delegation to, um, uh, in talks with Ukraine, uh, uh, in talks with Ukraine, and that continued this morning. So that came all about at the same time here. Now, um, as far as celebrating too soon, you got to remember, I wanted to put this observation out there, guys. If you recall, in 2003, when America went into Iraq, that was an epic mismatch, right? Nobody... Nobody really thought we were going to have any trouble eventually toppling 
Saddam Hussein and take over Baghdad, but it took five weeks for Baghdad to fall. It took five weeks for Americans to get in there and get Baghdad to crumble. So we're only a week into this so far with Ukraine and Russia. So even though there's a lot of pushback right now from Ukraine, as those casualty numbers from Russia would, would indicate, definitely a long way from any celebrations of any kind. And so as those talks are going on, President Zelensky has asked Putin to meet me, end quote. He said, he said, quote, I don't bite. Sit down with me to negotiate. And he took a jab at him. He said, just not at 30 meters. I think he was referencing that table. I don't know if ever, you guys all saw that image of uh, Putin sitting at a table with his advisors. And it was this obnoxiously long table. And all of his advisors were on the one end of the table and he was way on the other end. He said, I don't, he said, I don't bite. What are you afraid of? Uh, any words are more important than shots. And so meanwhile, those negotiations that are going on between advisors, um, they, this is what they're asking for. One, an immediate ceasefire. Uh, two, armistice. Three, humanitarian corridors for the evacuation of civilians uh, from destroyed or constantly shelled villages or cities so they're trying to advance those talks um and so far not really successful but we will keep an eye on those there have been reports meanwhile that specially trained forces of ruthless kremlin-backed mercenaries had been sent into ukraine uh, back in january and uh, you guys may have saw the report from a day or two ago that allegedly a an assassination attempt was thwarted after some Russian troops allegedly turned and informed that this was going to happen. And so that, that is something that's ongoing. That is a concern. There is reportedly a total of 2,000 to 4,000 mercenaries um, on the ground in and around Ukraine. Uh, and they just have one job, and that is to assassinate President Zelensky. So that's going on as well. Another update on that massive convoy we've been seeing. Uh, images of that heading towards Kiev. That's been at a standstill. Not sure exactly the reason why for that, um, but Putin has actually told French President Emmanuel Macron after a 90-minute phone call that, quote, the invasion's going according to plan. And so the stall there may be a planned thing. They may be waiting to time it a certain way, but um, that, at least for now, has given Kiev a little bit of a break on the on the attack but will it last unsure at this point so that is um essentially some of the key points guys on where things stand here obviously why it matters this is going to be huge when it comes to what happens around the globe with market economies um you know our oil prices and our gas prices here at home and abroad are going to be greatly affected by what happens here and not only that but then where does Russia go from here if they are successful in any way, shape, or form in Ukraine? So we'll see how this thing plays out. But right now, that's where it stands. Yeah, there was, you know, a, a number of interesting details that, you know, emerged obviously about the fact that there were allegedly documents left behind by Russia that said this would be a 15-day war. And apparently this was something that was approved in Russia as early as January 18th, you know. So some of these details, of course, you know, in dispute are being, you know, reported on right now. But it makes me wonder, not that I, I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and jump ahead, but what happens, right, if 
this scenario goes in a way in which Russia does take Ukraine. I mean, th there's been such an international response to this. Does the world just accept that and move forward? It's interesting yeah. because I, my, that's where my mind is sort of going. Like, what does what is the end game here? It seems like Russia is kicking up their attacks. Things are getting harder for Ukraine. And the world is still, we heard the president say this here in the U.S. the other day during the State of the Union, we are not going on the ground in Ukraine whether that's good or bad is beside the point. The reality is what does that leave the world with as an option? Yeah. yeah and, uh, and here's another tidbit I forgot to add in there, but did you guys see the image of the uh, Belarusian president standing in front of a battle map? This was like in an accidentally quote unquote released photo where it appeared to show in the background, this map that showed a planned invasion of Moldova along with Ukraine. And so obviously Belarus, you know, allies there with Russia. And so uh, does that mean they're going to go there next? Yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, I, it's the thing that I keep thinking about as I see all the reports and see the pictures and the videos of everything that's developing, which it's moment by moment. Like it seems like as soon as you say something, that's yeah. kind of, and that's how breaking news is. Like as soon as you report something, it's old uh, and something else <laughs> has happened. Um, but I just keep thinking the further we go into this, there's no eject button at this point. No. Uh, so whether Russia is defeated and they, for, you know, whatever reason are, are unable to take Ukraine or if they're successful in taking Ukraine to your point, Billy, what does the world then do? Because we, you know, we're at a new, because if, let's suppose that Russia loses and they, and they back out of Ukraine, Ukraine's not just going to be like, Oh, well that was fine. So we'll just move yeah, on, pick up right. and, and go back to normal life. Like, no, the, the map has forever been changed. Uh, they, you know, Russia has, has set a new trajectory uh, for relations with Europe and obviously for re relations with the United States. So there's no going back. We can't put the genie back into the bottle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we've talked about the Gog and Magog ties and, and what what connection might this have to end times. I think it's just a reminder that uh, we are so completely uncertain and we're on shaky ground here um, when it comes to this. But we, we should find some comfort, as difficult as it is uh, sometimes, uh, in in the fact that, that none of this is, is surprising to God, that he's still sovereign and, yeah. and is on his throne. Um, but, man, it's just a... It's a it's a scary time right now because you just don't know what each day is going to look like, uh, and certainly for the people of Ukraine, they don't know like it is is Kiev going to fall to Russia today or are we going to you know live to fight another day? So it's it, there's certainly plenty to be prayerful about. Yeah, indeed, and um, yeah, to your point, Trey. I mean, I just don't see Russia saying and Vladimir Putin just going, oh well, it's been a week and we had a little bit of pushback, so I right. guess I should go home now. I mean, you know, this is Russia. They, you know, for all their problems, they have a massive military and this is, uh, you know, they can stay in the long haul for this thing. And so hopefully, hopefully that's not the case, but you can certainly don't think that Putin's just going to back down uh, from this. You, you, don't, you don't start something unless you can finish it, right? That's the old advice that um, hmm. you get before going, you know, kids before a school, don't, don't, don't start a fight that you can't finish, right? <laughs> You know, yeah, you're yeah. not going to like throw a haymaker and be like, ah, I was just kidding. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so definitely, well, like you said, uh, Trey, definitely we need to be, keep praying for this because I don't think it's ending anytime soon. 
Yeah, no, I mean, and to that point before we, I know we got to move on to the next story, but I just want to say the former Guardian uh, Moscow correspondent has actually left the country. He just tweeted this, uh, you know, an hour or so ago uh, because Putin is potentially going to impose martial law and could even lock mm-hmm. down the borders. Now, this is just reported, but the point is he is ratcheting up like, you, you know, to your point, Dan, it's not like he's just going to give up. Right. Uh, this is this is going to go in a direction and we're just all kind of not certain what that's going to look like, but it certainly is going to advance some way. Mm. Um, so, all right. Story number two. So staying in Ukraine, uh, Fox News uh, host Greg Gutfeld, he's one of the hosts of The Five. Uh, he revealed on the show last night, yesterday evening, uh, that his mother-in-law is actually trapped in Lviv, Ukraine, which is one of the biggest cities uh, in the country. Uh, he said that uh, his the wife, I mean, the mother of his wife, who's a former Russian model, Elena Musa, uh, is trapped in a hotel right inside Lviv, which is about 43 miles from the border of Poland, which is where a lot of uh, Ukrainians have, have sought refuge since Putin invaded the country. Uh, so Gutfeld actually thanked one of the on-site reporters who's in Lviv, Lucas Tomlinson, a Fox News reporter, uh, for looking out for his mother-in-law. He said, thank you, Lucas. Uh, you're in Lviv. So is my mother-in-law. I think she's at your hotel. Uh, if you run into her, uh, give her my best. Give her, give everyone there my best. He kind of quipped. Uh, and Tomlinson actually said she's across the street and said that they've been talking and, and helping her out. Uh, Gutfeld thanked several other reporters, a war correspondent, Trey Gingst, uh, and former Moscow-based correspondent Steve Harrigan. Uh, so those are the three Fox News reporters who are in uh, Ukraine at different places in Ukraine. And he said that all three of them actually have been helpful uh, in figuring out how to get uh, Gutfeld's mother-in-law to safety. Uh, he also thanks Scott Wilder, the vice president of field and production operations for Fox News Channel, uh, for his help in, in figuring out negotiating how they can um, get his mother-in-law back into the United States. So right now they're actually planning on getting her uh, back into the U.S. within the next day or two. Uh, that's the plan. Obviously, like we just said, the news is changing moment by moment. So uh, it's kind of a, a, a hairy situation. But that's the plan, uh, is to figure how they can get her on grand transportation, out a ground transportation outside of, uh, out of Ukraine and into another country, probably Poland, you know, another neighboring country, uh, and then a flight um, back over to the U.S. Uh, this is what he said, though, about, um, about himself and about, uh, about how he has, has gotten help from, from some of the reporters at Fox. He said, I do want to point out that like our coworkers are unbelievably awesome uh, because uh, the things that they are doing for a grouchy, cynical guy like myself, uh, people have been helping me out as somebody who has been so obnoxious before and will probably be obnoxious to them after. Uh, he said, these guys over there are absolute heroes for helping out a little old lady who they just met and maybe by tomorrow or in the next day she's going to be with her daughter uh, and it's because of those guys that work for Fox News. Um, so just a, a really encouraging quick story but uh, you know it's I think why it matters is it's important to have these positive stories as kind of a, a breath of, of fresh air uh, amidst really heavy stories uh, so it's, it's cool to see people just caring for one another. And I think certainly as Christians, that's our call. We talked to a a Polish pastor the other day we talked about on the podcast who's doing just that. His church is housing 200 plus refugees uh, from Ukraine uh, day in and day out. It's just doing the next right thing in front of you. And I think as believers, um, you know, that's what we have to do. Everybody around us, all the human beings around us are image bearers of Christ, image bearers of God. 
uh, and it's our responsibility to just do the next right thing uh, and be good to the people around us. So uh, certainly we're wishing the best to Gutfeld's mother-in-law. Hopefully she is uh, back safe soon, but she seems to be in good hands right now. Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great story. I mean, obviously not great that uh, she's in harm's way there, but uh, it's great when you see people banding together like yeah. that. And um, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that moves us as humans. You know, God's wired us in a way that, um, you know, we're we're meant to help each other. And that's, you know, when that's why when we see things like that, it, it stirs us, you know, because we're supposed to be doing things of that nature, helping one another, being selfless, you know, looking out for the needs of other people. And so, uh, you know, can't get enough of stories like that. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's a reminder that everybody, no matter who you are, whether you are a celebrity, whether you're a TV host, it doesn't matter. We're all human beings. And I think when a crisis like this hits, seeing somebody like that who's who's impacted just brings that reality back because it's we live in a, a weird culture where people are put on these pedestals. And I think we forget that these are everybody's a human being, right? Everybody can suffer and struggle and face the same things. And so um, I, I love the fact that people are stepping up. And like you just said, Dan, this is what we're all created to do. And it makes you think, you know, man, if I, if I were in that circumstance, I hope somebody would do that. And I hope I would do that for someone else. And so it's, it's mm. just an inspiring story. Mm. All right. All right. So our last story, you know, we've been doing a lot of international stories uh, with good reason. There's a lot going on, but this one caught my eye. And the one thing I love about the way we get to tell stories is that we sometimes find the little hook or the little nugget that, you know, mainstream outlets might not focus on. That actually is a really big part of the story. And so there's a guy out um, in Portland, Oregon, and he did a pretty amazing thing. He's sitting at a red light. And he sees chaos unfolding. And what had happened, what he was witnessing, was a father chasing down another vehicle. What happened last Friday is that a man, apparently, a suspect, randomly approached, from what we know, a vehicle that was running. In the back seat, there was a three-year-old. The parents were out of the car. This guy goes up to the car, gets in the car, and drives away with the three-year-old in the vehicle. Mm. So the father jumps into action he is is chasing this car down and then here comes tp brown this is the guy i was initially talking about he's sitting at a red light and he sees the father chasing the other car um and the guy the father actually hits the car to stop it right gets out he scuffles with the you know the the suspect and the suspect runs so tp is watching this whole thing unfold and he then says i'm going to jump into gear he starts chasing the guy down. He realizes, oh, my gosh, you know, clearly this guy's got to be caught. Chases him down, pins the guy against a fence when he finally catches him. And the guy is trying to, like, escape. So he's trying to climb the fence. So so uh, Mr. Brown gets out of the car, grabs the guy, and actually holds him down. And then a delivery man from Amazon comes up with rope and they tie the guy up until the police can get there. So this story could have gone wrong in a million ways, right? Um, thank goodness this man is sitting there. He sees it. He catches the guy, but he's being interviewed about it. And it was so interesting because he's talking about, obviously, his day. It was a normal Friday. He wakes up, and here's what he said. He said, quote, my prayer this morning was for God to show up for me and put me in an impactful position to help other people, not knowing the impact that he was going to put me in 
today. And so this guy wakes up, prays to God, let me be there to help somebody today. And within within an hour or two, not long after, he's chasing down this suspect, <laughs> right, and capturing him. And so it was just a really amazing moment. And of course, nobody focused on that prayer comment. It was it was embedded and hidden in this little mm-hmm. in, in a bunch of video interviews that he did. Um, but that that's a guy who's waking up thinking about other people. We were just talking about loving others in the last story thinking about loving other people, probably thinking he's going to like hand a dollar to somebody on the side of the street, not realizing that he's going to chase someone down with his car and then tie them up um, and help this father um, thankfully rescue the three-year-old. So that's why it matters. It matters because the guy's a hero. And by the way, he's saying like, I don't consider myself a hero, uh, but everyone else does. And luckily this three-year-old kid is completely healthy and safe after all of this. And so it's a wild and crazy story that shows us the power of helping others. Yeah. And number one, worst nightmare of uh, someone running off with your kid like that, you know? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I just. Yeah. What a, Thank what God a, the father had another car, right, to go after yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I even just, I don't know if you've done this, Billy, but, you know, uh, my youngest is six. But, you know, I don't usually leave just, I won't leave him in the car. But, like, my older kids with him, you know, if I'm just running in quick to a store or something, you know, I'll just, just instead of trying to drag them all out and then drag them back in, I'll just quick run in and run out with them in the car. And um, even just doing that, even if I keep the car in the sight line where I know I'm at, you're just kind of like, you know, it's it's nerve wracking. You always think about that. It's like it is worst nightmare scenario. But I love that he was, you know, praying ahead of time, you know, for, mm-hmm. you know, for that. And I honestly, that's probably one of the reasons why you're ready to jump into action like that, because the confusion when you just kind of happen onto a scene like that, it's probably really hard in a lot of cases to correctly assess what's going on, what's happening in front of you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always think when I see these stories like that, I feel like we all have this, uh, the knee jerk reaction to think, well, that happened to them, but it would never happen to me. Uh, and that's kind of the way you think until it happens to you. Yeah. Um, so it's just a crazy story, but um, yeah, I think being prayerful is certainly, you know, God, we've talked about how we always talk, see the obvious miracles and those are the things that we talk about, but then there, there are these little smaller ways in which God works in our lives. And we don't really, we're not quick to say oh, that's, that's a miracle. Um, but God's provision and, and all of these different circumstances and things that we experience is certainly God, you know, supernaturally working in the midst of situations. So just a, a crazy story, but worth talking about. Absolutely. Mm. And be careful what you pray for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for because sure. Yeah. You might get it. You might you get it. You just might get it. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. All right, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Appreciate y'all being here with us. And uh, look at this. We've done it again. We are. What an amazing <laughs> podcast we are. We've got you to Friday. It's right around. Well, it's not here yet, but whatever. It's, it's essentially here. Uh, technicalities. Don't get hung up on that. Head on over to cbnnews.com, faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. We'll be back here tomorrow, Lord willing. The creek don't rise. God bless.